I'm Sarah Stark. And I'm Natalie Mills. And you are listening to The Lumpy Mother, the podcast where we show up for our kids by showing up for ourselves. We are not experts. We're just two best friends and moms who love learning and laughing together. I have four kids, an eight-year-old daughter, and three sons who are seven, six, and almost two. And I have a nine-month-old son and almost three-year-old daughter. So if you want to know you're not the only parent who has held a child while also puking, then you have come to the right space. The way this works is each week, Sarah and I will have a yes, a no, and a hello for the week, or in other words, something good, bad, and something random that has to do with what's on our minds after another week surviving parenthood. And Natalie and I have a feeling you're going to be able to relate to our experiences. But if you can't relate, tell us about it. Email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com. We want to know what you think about the topics we cover. Yeah. All right. I don't think I have any rewinds, Natalie. I know this this is disappointing, but I don't think that I do either. It's (laughs) it's such a boring week here. (laughs) Yeah. No, same. It's just kind of uh, the grind of not going anywhere and um, so true yeah you're about to though you leave tomorrow I'm so excited yeah I'm really excited we're having a little getaway so yay for family self-care so uh think of me and um hope hope for me that my kids will sleep and they will not scream in the the whole way on the drive and there will be no meltdowns about the car seat because we can't take them out of the car seat Oh god. Oh. Okay, I'm not gonna think of the worst. Gonna we be don't good. know. We don't know what's gonna come. We don't know. Let's what's be. Happen. Let's be positive. What's your What's your yes today? Okay. Yes, my yes is sunlight. So, uh, oh, yes. This last week, the sun appeared. Um, I guess it's called the February fake out out here. Um, and it came a little late. It came at the beginning of March, where there's like these really beautiful days, and then it's like, psych, we're gonna rain for two more months straight. Um, so oh, we had no. the f- <laughs> the early March fake out, um, and it was beautiful. And we got outside, and Franklin, who is a quarantine baby, has only been <laughs> inside pretty much his whole life, so he's just like. St- you know, playing in the grass and just seeing him outside and Aww. looking around like, what is this big room that I, you know, um, was really fun. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty neat to like look through his eyes and see the wonder of the world around, especially when it's beautiful. And it just amazes me every time the sun comes out, every season out here, how much it lifts my mood and spirits mm-hmm. and um, and I know a little bit about, you know, of course, vitamin D is good for you. Um, there are good and bad things to the sun, as everyone knows. But I was just a little more curious, like how exactly it affects your mood so much when you just yeah. see a bright, sunny day. Um, because it's not just because it's like, oh, I can get outside now and I'm not trapped anymore, which definitely helps. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah. Um, also, we, we do you remember this when we worked together in Indiana. Um, we had this I discussion. do remember when we worked together in Indiana. You do? Oh, good. It was like two years of our lives, so I would hope. We do. Um, but the sun would come in and you'd start sneezing, and apparently that's yes. a thing, right? Like, I remember yes. learning that from you, which is such a weird... Yeah, as I you can learned see, that from yeah. Nick, and I was I yeah. totally thought he was lying for so long, but now it happens to me weird. every time. It's why, so why weird. Why does it do that? I didn't think of that until right now, or else I would have looked that one up. But I thought I'd share some fun <laughs> facts about the sun. All right. So according Woo-hoo. to TriCityMed.org, um, things we already know, or I'm guessing you probably already know, <laughs> though I don't know you, but improved mood <laughs> and increased vitamin D. And then it also somehow increases your serotonin levels, which is the happy like yeah. neurotransmitter in your brain. Huh. Um, and here's another thing. It helps you get higher quality sleep, which I didn't know is when you get <gasps> really? more sunshine. And it's because serotonin and melatonin work 
like hand in hand. Uh, they work in tandem is what, according to this um, tricitymed.org. So it like works better, I guess, and helps lull you to sleep. And it also lowers your blood pressure. Hey. Wear your sunscreen. Don't get skin cancer, et cetera. But uh, also get out there. <laughs> That's so interesting. I, I wonder if it's because it like lowers stress a little bit when you're in the sun, you know, like yeah. you can relax more maybe. That's a totally a guess. Totally. And not actually a scientific that answer. Makes sense to me. T- keep um, telling me more about this sunshine. Okay. Well, there's also a lot of benefits for kids, which are also just benefits for any human. So... <laughs> I don't know why it's specific for kids, but according to ParentingScience.com, bright light boosts mood and concentration. It can help prevent Ooh. disease, uh, circadian rhythm disorders, and nearsightedness. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Right? Like bright light or being outside? Because it says bright light. Oh, weird. Something about, well, I think natural bright light. I yeah, think because it's That's specific so... to sunshine, but for kids especially, something about it helps reduce their potential for being nearsighted. Which I'm really nearsighted, so. And then new research suggests that bright light has a crucial impact on the brain and may foster the formation of new synapses and enhance our ability to learn. Because um, this uh, article is talking a lot about how kids need to get out of the classroom. And these are like mm. um, big reasons. It's just sunshine alone and like the, yeah. being under the fluorescent lights all the time doesn't aid yeah. in um, their ability to retain information or anything very well. Oh, so. Interesting. And then it also, sunlight appears to protect children from developing multiple sclerosis uh, later in life. So that's... That's so specific. I I know. Like, how can they tell? You know, how do they know? How can they correlate that? Uh, Questions I did not ask myself earlier. So (laughs) we'll never know. (laughs) And then morning sunlight exposure can help prevent delayed bedtimes and sleep-related behavior problems. So that's... Cool. I'm though I'm keeping my kids in the black because they wake up way too early if I don't. But oh, yeah, uh, a hundred percent. So yeah, my guess is just really, really simple this week. Um, just the sunshine. I was just like, what made me happy this week? And I was like, sun. It was nice. <laughs> it was like that in Indiana this week too. It was <sighs> in the forties yesterday, Ooh. and the sun has been out every day. And we, especially where we <sighs> are in Indiana, we get something called lake effect, which a lot of people don't get or understand, I guess. But it just means that we're constantly cloudy here. Mm-hmm. And um, so this week, I didn't realize you kind of forget how much you need it and miss it until it comes back. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, so life giving. Have you it ever is. tried one of those? Like, um, what do they call the lamps that are supposed oh, to? Oh, yeah. Like, mimic they're supposed sunlight? to be really good. I forget what they're called. They were in a lot of the articles I saw. But like natural light lamps or something, you know? Yeah. And I've heard that a lot of people, like if you live in Alaska or another area where it's dark a lot of the year, that um, they almost need that to like wake up in the morning and that kind of stuff. So it's nice that they have that available. We should get one. Because I know I've read, there's some book I was reading. I don't know if it's a book we've read together, Natalie, but Mm -hmm. that was talking about she had depression and so she'd just sit in front of that light. For like an hour oh. a day <laughs> um, to help with it. That is so true. I And like I said, I, I forgot how much I loved it until it came yeah. back. They, yeah, they, they call it like false spring here. Or there's a whole bunch of different names, <laughs> like fake in out Indiana, spring. In Indiana, they go in like, it goes back and forth like at least yes. 15 times before you get a consistent, decent weather. Yeah. yeah. I bet we'll get snow at least once more. But yeah, this weekend, I think it's supposed to almost be in the 60s. So we're just like, Ooh. and you're supposed to get nice weather for your trip this weekend, right? I think so. There's a lower chance of rain and where we're going, like you can just go an hour away and there's uh-huh. like, um, it's just complete, can be a different, completely different climate, which I love. Like an That's hour amazing. to the mountain, two hours to the coast. And this one's about an hour and a half out and it's almost into like, um, like I think it's called high desert or something yeah so it's it's I I love that about out here too like if you need to escape you can just go you know east or something and you live in an incredible area for that yes I love it all right my yes is so on my (laughs) Facebook memories today um 
the memory came up of my last day of our job together. I don't know if you remember this at all, but so my yes is that job. We worked at a place called the Lubeznik Center for the Arts. Yes. Um, It's an incredible nonprofit art center. They have galleries. They do classes. They get grants to work in the schools. We were both super passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And... um, I think there were so many incredible things about working there, not only because we got to we like met, reconnect yeah. and that uh-huh. was awesome, but I think my favorite thing was that it was um, 99% women. And so uh-huh. some of the experiences that I've had at other jobs never happened there because it they were just always so supportive and so understanding. I was pregnant with Harrison when I worked there, and um, I just will never forget the amount of, like, support and love that came from all of the ladies that worked there. Yeah. My my water broke while I was at work in the kitchen. (laughs) I remember that. And I was, like, just about to make my lunch, and my water broke, and then I, like, had a mini freak out, and I... (laughs) And I went up the stairs to where everyone else's offices were. And I walk in the room and it was like, what, five or six ladies in there probably. And I was just, and I just said, nobody panic, but I think I, my water just broke. And everyone immediately started to panic in like the most motherly, wonderful way. And so like all six of you walked me all the way out to my car. (laughs) Somebody had an old towel or something that they let me sit on. They like wrapped it around my body. It was like this. It was like a parade, except it was me. It looked like I peed my pants. It was just so funny, and I loved it so much. Everything about that job was incredible. And so my memories came up today. It was my last day on the job, and I loved it because it was like this whole ceremony. Do you you remember you wrote me a card, and you sharpied out the inside, and it said, (laughs) wait, let me get my Facebook open so I can read. I I don't remember this. You don't remember this? Oh, it was so funny. I remember on my birthday, you wrapped my whole desk in wrapping paper. Yeah. It was the best thing ever. It made me so happy. We had so much fun. So you wrapped everything on my desk as payback, I think, for when I did that to you. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Mickey, was such a sweetheart, had a box of suckers and it said, work is going to suck without you. Oh, and Nikki, then you put her. all these balloons everywhere. You gave me a card that <laughs> on the front was like a duck or something splashing in a puddle. And on the inside, <laughs> it says splashes of smiles and puddles of fun. Here's hoping you. And then you crossed out what it said and you and you wrote here's hoping you leaving me forever is a bright happy one (laughs) i don't even remember that that is so funny that's one of my favorite things to do is to get cards and like black them out and put random sayings in them It still makes me laugh. It was just like so perfect. But that that job was just the one of the best places to work because it was I I never had an opportunity like that to work with so many women because it was all women. The workplace was different. It was. I've had other jobs where it's not that I've had a bad experience ever, but it's there's just something about being in a building with all I mean it it was absolutely wonderful it was absolutely Mm -hmm. wonderful and so um I just thought that that was really special and kind of fun and it was honestly it was also a great experience as a mom because um I I had to take the kids to work with me every so often and for the most part that was not ever an issue as long as I was getting stuff done I got to take maternity leave you know it was just really a beautiful place to work Mm -hmm. so that's yeah. my really short so supportive. Mm-hmm. kind of down memory lane yes for today but Yay. we'll post a picture of at least the card yeah but that's that was my amazing yes. working with it you was, too yeah such a good team true. and now we work together in a, a different capacity it's true look at us go yeah. again yeah all right sarah <laughs> what's your no today all right my no is the idea that 
sacrificing yourself makes you a great parent. This is a beautiful topic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's ripe for discussion. Okay. On one hand, like, I do think it's starting to go out of fashion. I think people are starting to, you know, like, remember that moms are human, which is nice, and that it's okay. Like, self-care is definitely big, but there's still a part of us, I think that's ingrained in all of us, where we really think we have to just give all of ourselves up in order for for our kids to be happy. And I just don't think... Mm that's good or healthy for either us or our kids actually yeah so on one hand the strength of the love a mom has for her babies is absolutely incredible and i thought need be i know a majority of us moms would sacrifice all we could of ourselves for our kids um but i don't think that should be like what we aspire to do you know in order to consider ourselves a good mom or parent um, also, it's, it goes back to perfectionism. Like you can't just sacrifice yourself all the time because then you're going to end up being pretty, pretty uh, awful parent, <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> I think there's like people have come to this place where they have a point of pride. Like it's something that you mm-hmm. can brag about that you've given everything of yourself yeah. for your kids. And I just we need to leave that kind of culture and conversation behind. I think so, too. I think. On one hand, when you have to do it, like obviously we're both in a place where we don't have to sacrifice ourselves for our kids' well-being, but it doesn't mean that we should find ways to do it. So, um, and then if there's anything I've learned is that I am the biggest model to my kids. Like Evie copies everything I do from the things that I say that I didn't realize I say. Like she'll, 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 she says, yeah. Like I do, <laughs> or like like thanks, <laughs> like I do. Aww. Like I didn't realize I said it in those terms, or she's um, brought to light a lot I didn't realize about myself, and and so I think it's especially important as moms for, yes. to show our daughters that yeah. sometimes it's okay to say no to someone, uh, especially as someone who's a recovering people pleaser, as I like to dub myself. <laughs> you know, your feelings matter too, and you you. It's okay if someone else is uncomfortable if you have to set a healthy boundary for yourself. So it's not something that comes easy to me. And also, as a people pleaser, I think that kind of makes me codependent, which is a word that I could not grasp. I think because of the word itself, like co and dependent, like I, I had to like get get that the breakdown of that word out of my mind and then just focus <laughs> on the definition. But anyways, my understanding of it is that you actually take on the emotions of other people and it's not empathy. Empathy oh. is actually being able to look at someone and separate your emotions from theirs and still huh. understand how they're feeling and relate to it. But if you take on their emotions, then it's kind of making it about, about you for one. So it's not, and then hmm. it's not healthy because you're trying to fix something that you have, no control over like you hard, I hardly have control over my own emotions and then I'm trying to like help other people through their like challenging emotions it's a bad idea I mean you can not okay you can help them but you can't <laughs> take it on you know like walking yes. on eggshells or like changing your mind just to make the other person happy all the time oh, yeah totally. or suit them I would say and so yeah I'm very much like that where it's like whatever you want whatever you want Especially I think that's really easy to do when you're a parent with young kids because all of a sudden it's like all you want is for a day to be easy. And sometimes that means kind of giving into all the tantrums. Yes. Being like, okay, whatever you need today just for it to go smoothly. Yeah. For me, like the sacrificing is um, it's realizing that the balance, the other side of that is self-care, you know, and so which. Yeah. I'm so happy. I feel like there's just been this huge self-care movement in the last year or two, which is amazing for moms, where before it was this expectation, like you said, to give everything of yourself or parents Mm -hmm. in general. But um, I think especially moms, there's this idea that you're supposed to do that, even though we're supposed to be living in this like modern feminist world. I don't know. It's just so silly to me. It's still like revered. It's still... um... Almost yes. the status quo in a way of of goodness as a mother. So yeah, as a person who kind of struggles with codependence, I think that aids in me being like too sacrificial 
because because you're just like you just I don't even think of myself sometimes because my feeling is like I'm going to feel better if the other person feels better or if I think they're feeling better because of codependence I'm absorbing their emotions so I'm not thinking oh, yeah. about like what's healthiest for me in those situations so anyway that's something I'm working on that that would yeah. be a good no codependence someday that's fascinating topic it's really I know I'm really interested in complicated. that idea me too. It's still hard for me to quite grasp it, but I think I'm getting there. So I think when I first kind of started to realize this was after I had my daughter, I just sacrificed entirely too much of myself. Like mm. I, I feel like, like I wouldn't let Ben help with nights. I didn't want him to have to worry about it. I would try to take on the hardest parts because Evie had colic and I would try to like like shield him from the hardest things mm, and then yeah. also breastfeeding was just really um you know we were fortunate that we were able to do it in one way but in another way I just it was, it was not a parent who enjoyed it or felt that bond and actually it seemed to decrease that bond with me um mm. like like it, it made me feel like I wasn't spending time with her organically as she and she only wanted mm -hmm. me to like eat it was just I just did not like I did not like not feeling like my body wasn't my own which is like yeah. the ultimate sacrifice in a way and I want to say I absolutely admire breastfeeding I know it's so healthy for the baby etc but for me it would have been much healthier to stop breastfeeding because there comes a point and a line where you have to even even with those kinds of things that are so good for your baby I think you need to still protect yourself in the end. And I ended up doing that with Franklin and he went to formula fully by about five months. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I cannot tell you what a better parent I was to both of those yes. kids, how much better I felt for myself. And it was just worth it in every single way. And I do not regret it for one second that I went to formula, not one second. There was a, in the beginning an impending feeling of guilt mm -hmm. but then but then I think just because you're taught that a sacrifice is what makes you a good mom and then I wasn't willing yeah. to make that sacrifice for my mm -hmm. son to have like the healthiest fresh start um to life right but he's gonna be just fine every, you know every's just fine everyone's fine and I am so much more fine because of that yep. You can't convince me that my baby isn't healthy because I use formula instead of right. breast milk. I know there's a lot of really good reasons to breastfeed your baby, but... But I feel like it has gone the other extreme that, yes, okay, scientifically, yeah. breast is best. But it, we can't just be like breast or nothing, you know, like especially yes. in the hospitals. I think they're doing, it's just overkill right now, like to the point yeah. where some babies are, are going hungry and moms are literally torturing themselves because um, it's <laughs> the guilt that comes rough. when you choose to stop breastfeeding because of your own self-care like that's a self-care choice for me was yes that was self-care choice feeding mm -hmm. early and um but there was so much guilt that came with it and yeah. by by charlie i was like i had no issue with it but especially ava and harrison mm -hmm. it was so hard to make that choice because I felt like it was supposed to be part of my job. It was supposed to be one of the things I was doing. And if I wasn't doing that, then was I still as worthy of a mother or yeah. you know, all of these silly things ran through my head, which are all totally not true, you know? And mm -hmm. so, um, but yeah, sacrificing my body in another way, outside of just growing a human and then birthing <laughs> said human, like continuing, I just, I did not like the idea that I would have to sacrifice my body for another year beyond that. Right. Like that was, I just needed, yeah. I needed it to be my own. Yeah. So that was probably, I think the first, the first time after, after um, breastfeeding for a year and then stopping and feeling like my energy back and my spirits mm. raising and mm -hmm. I just I decided for my own mental health when Franklin was born that I was not going to put my pressure put that pressure on myself again and I I almost did and Ben helped me stop. Good. He's like, "Remember Good. we talked about this and you know, it's okay. It's okay to stop." And I'm like, Good. Yeah. And then I did and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and then the guilt went away pretty fast. Um but it started there and then it was like, "No, this is great." <laughs> 
That's awesome. <laughs> so worth it. But I've become a lot, lot better at not over-sacrificing. And like I was saying earlier, we're models to our kids, especially to our daughters. And I want my daughter to know she can take care of herself as mm-hmm. much as she, she can still love her family to the ends of the earth, still know that in her heart, if she had to, she would do whatever she could for them and take time for herself when she needs it. Yeah. Well, and choose herself sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm not saying be a total sociopath, obviously, yeah. but I think <laughs> think we go we go to one extreme and I just it's just not healthy. and I don't like it. I think it's what it is, is finding that balance, which, of course, is going to go up and down. You know, balance is never, ever, like, in, in like, work life or parent self-care. It's never going to be mm-hmm. totally on an equilibrium. But just remembering that in order to be a good parent, you do need to take care of yourself, take time for yourself, do things you enjoy. So... I choose to read now in the morning when I drink my coffee. And sometimes that means Evie watches a show. And then I read when Ben gets off work a lot of times um, and he plays with the kids. And I I do miss that family time. There is a little guilt there. (laughs) I mean, I do both. Right. But I also just spent all day with my kids. Why can't I have an hour or so to myself? But I'm a lot happier. And I think the the time I spend with my kids is just I just enjoy it that much more because I'm not just doing it. Because I have to, you know. Yeah. I had to remind myself for years that it's not the amount of time spent. It's the quality of time spent. Yeah. And so, because mm-hmm. sometimes I try to measure it um, and then I realize, no, if if I need to take an hour to take a shower and then sit in bed and read for a while, um, and it means that the quality of my time with my family is better for the rest of the day or the rest of the week or whatever, then it's that's an investment. Absolutely. It is. And I like that. Invest, everyone invest in yourself a little bit. Um, Because if I don't invest in myself, I I will end up having a day where I'm like, just sleep all day or something or like, Mm -hmm. like, I just can't do it anymore. And that's not good. Like I, obviously I'm not, I am not putting enough self-care if I get to that point. It's normally Mm -hmm. when the sleep deprivation is really terrible where I'm like, I just, I just, I have to rest. I have to, like my body is collapsing. So like, I think there was one time when Franklin just had his four month regression where I was Googling, can you die from sleep deprivation? (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, you know what, this weekend, I I think just Googling that means I'm going to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's okay it's okay um and then someone posted on twitter about about that like what does it mean when you're googling if you can die from uh, sleep deprivation and i was like i would tell you but uh i don't remember the results probably because i was so sleep deprived <laughs> and yeah so i thought that was funny so at the end of this i just wanted there's this great blog i found about this and she had some really fantastic quotes it's this website is thewellmomco.com. And so this is just uh, some excerpts from what she wrote. She said, when did we get the idea that having nothing left to give at the end of the day means you did a good job? Modern mothers often believe that in order to be a great mom, you have to be utterly selfless, sacrificial by nature and suffering on some level, Right. Then she continues, motherhood does mean sacrifice, as we all know, but not sacrifice of, and I love this list. So it does not mean sacrifice of your self-worth, your self-confidence, self-healing, self-acceptance, and self-being. Yes. Mm, That was amazing. Right? Right? Isn't that beautiful? And then she kind of closes it out. She says, you matter too. Your needs, your wants, your dreams. You don't have to sacrifice it all to be a good mother. You weren't meant to merely survive parenthood, and you can learn to thrive in it. You have the knowledge, the ability, and the strength inside you, but you have to nourish it. Perfect word. Nourish, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. If you... Um, you have to make room for it. And when you can't do it, you have to ask for help with it. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> Asking for help does not make you weak. It doesn't. This is when I, as much as I tell myself that, like, it is so hard for me to ask for help. But anyway, in fact, it's quite the opposite. She says, 
Um, she says, we were built for this. You are strong, you are able, and you are worthy. And I love that because every, well, one of the other things I found from another mom site um, was this line. And I tell this to Evie every single night and I try to tell it to myself and I say, you are enough just the way you are. You are capable. You can do hard things and you are so loved. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awesome. I know it's my favorite. And then she quoted W.B.E.B. Dubois and W.B. W.E.B. Dubois said this. It's just so good. Children learn more from what you are than what you do. Oh, wow. Because I always think about like, okay, actions speak better than words. But what about being like who Mm -hmm. you are? Wow. Mm -hmm. And in order to be who you are, you have to nourish yourself, as this mom said in the blog. And so that's how, how I want to wrap it up. I just thought that was just so well said. So well said. That is so well said. Yeah. Well, my no this week is a big one. So <laughs> I... <Yeah>. I'd say. <laughs> so if you, you may have picked up on the fact that I might sound a little bit weird or tired. I tested positive for COVID this week. And we, we record separately. Like, well, obviously we're across the yeah. country from each other. We do it over Zoom. She's in her room right now, like isolated. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I tested positive this week. My symptoms started uh, last Friday. And I'm really fortunate. A lot of my um, symptoms are like not breathing related at all. So I feel so thankful for that that I don't have a cough and I don't have any issues breathing. I have all the other weird stuff. Like I can't taste or smell anything, um, which makes Ugh, food is is so strange. It's so strange <laughs> eating. I can't even explain it. Um, I have a lot of joint pain, which has probably been the worst thing so far. Um, just exhaustion and a little bit of like headache, lightheadedness, that kind of stuff. Um, but really that's all stuff that like is not a huge deal. The, what I'm really fortunate with is that somehow Nick has not shown any symptoms yet. If he has it, he has not shown a single symptom. And so I am quarantined into our bedroom. Him and the kids cannot go to school or work because I tested positive, obviously for X many days. And so I am just so thankful that he doesn't have symptoms because now it means that I can actually rest and get better. And yes. he is just kind of solo parenting it um, for like 10 days, you know. Wow. But um, That's hard, man. Props to Nick. Is. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Because not only is he solo parenting, but he also has to like bring me food yeah. and things yeah. like that. So He's got a fifth he also child. Has to kind of take care of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so my no is kind of to go along with that is just being sick when you're a parent. And this time around me being sick, thank goodness, I don't actually have to be a parent right now. But so many times um, it when I get sick, you know, like Nick will still work because that's kind of the environment that we live in in our country, you know, yeah, until COVID, right. if your spouse was sick, that didn't mean you stayed home. And so, no. um, and, and so I just, oh, I have so many horrendous memories of getting <laughs> strep throat and ear infections and the flu and throwing up, but you still have to parent kids, especially when they're young and like, they can't take care of themselves at all. You know, my mm-hmm. older three kids at this point, they could kind of manage for themselves if it got really bad, but Charlie needs someone to, you know, unless he's sleeping to be with him all of the time. Mm-hmm. And it is the worst being sick when you're a parent. I, every parent out there that has gone through that knows exactly what I'm talking about. You, I remember just, yeah. um, like it tries your soul. Yes. We would watch so much TV when the kids would get sick, just like days of TV. Um, or like Charlie is at that age where he doesn't really, um, he's not into TV at all, which is great. Um, but unless it's a day that 
so when I, before my test came back positive, Nick was still going to work because he doesn't have to quarantine until you get a result back. And so those two days, it was me shutting the door to the playroom, him playing and me just laying on the couch, doing everything not to fall asleep on him, you know, like to fall asleep while he was running around. And that's, I remember that with the other kids when they were younger, I would close the door to their bedroom and then I would bring a pillow and a blanket in there and I'd literally lay on the floor and like just lay there while they played because you can't not take care of them, but you just feel like garbage. I just, it's, there's nothing worse. And honestly, that's been one of my biggest fears with getting COVID in our house is that like, I didn't know, I, I figured that Nick and I would both be okay. Um, I mean, in the long run, okay. That's no guarantee, but you know, it's not necessarily that we would get so sick that it could be life-threatening. That scared me. It was the idea that we would not be able to take care of the kids if we both got sick. And so I've had this like contingency plan in my head for months that if we got sick, I would order like Lunchables and all of the food that the kids can just open and eat on their own and don't require any cooking or anything like that. And it would just be us eating that. And I'd have to let go of any guilt that comes with that and all. I mean, I had to build a contingency plan in my head because if we both had symptoms and that's, that could still happen. You know, if Nick starts to get symptoms in the next few days, if he starts to feel rotten, then we're going to have to try and figure something out. I'm just praying that does not happen, but Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't think I even have to explain that very much because everybody out there knows what that feels like. It's the worst thing in the world. That's a fear. I think every parent has both uh, parents getting COVID. What do you do if if you're really, really sick? What happens if we both go to the hospital? Where do the kids go? You know, because I mean, they're probably carrying it. I mean, I just... And that's the thing, like if Nick and I got COVID, it's not like we could call my mom and ask her to come step in and take care of the kids. She did get her first vaccine shot this week, oh, thank I'm goodness. So but for that. Yeah. that means she's still a month away from the other one, you know. And so, like, if she had her vaccine, both doses, I'm sure she would be more than willing to help. But right, we're not going to put her in that situation right now. And so, no, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's thankfully, the, the vaccine is out, though. Like, that does offer yes. me relief. Like, there are people out there who have both doses somewhere that we could hire or I don't know what like just empty our savings like take care of our kids you know so yeah absolutely so actually it makes me feel a little better (laughs) you know there's there's something we could do if the worst were to happen and like Ben and I were both hospitalized there's someone out there yep who it would be fine or even someone who's like had it has both vaccines and it's like yeah we're good Mm -hmm. anyway that does make me feel yeah. better. But yes, being sick, my worst time being sick was with with Evie. She was eight months old and we had flown back from Indiana mm. for Christmas I that day. This. Oh, it was bad. So she threw up on the plane all over Ben and I. Um, so she I don't know, I didn't she wasn't running a fever or anything. But then we got home and then I got sick and it mm. ended up being the neurovirus, which is awful if anyone's had it and I thought I would have to go to the ER I was so sick thankfully Ben didn't get it at the same time but then three days later he got it and like thought he needed to go to the ER like we both thought we were like dying it was so bad but so I wasn't totally on the mend but I was like enough that I could at least watch her but I remember throwing up in the sink and holding her like a football in my left hand and just throwing up and then like (laughs) it was Mm. awful man and then still breastfeeding her at that time and up a lot all night and then we just came back from a trip so we were exhausted no and but the cool thing is is like wow i survived that I'm pretty strong. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> but yeah, don't, uh, You don't ever need to prove that to yourself again. No. Sure. Yeah, I definitely do not need to prove that to myself. Um, but yeah. it is kind of amazing what we're capable of. And I think we find that capability in parenthood through <laughs> extreme hardship sometimes. Um, <laughs> you deserve a trophy afterwards. like a <laughs> Yeah, at least. Oh, and then I have another funny puke story. It's like three in the morning and Evie was pretty new newborn and she had drink too drink too had too much milk 
and um, she threw up all over me. And she had colic, so so I just had to sit her down screaming. And then I had to like unclick my um, nursing tank top and just dumped puke. Oh, <laughs> it like all went down my front, just dumped it right into the sink. And I'm just like, it was like a welcome to motherhood. You could like hear it come out. It's like, welcome to motherhood. <laughs> oh, um, but I'm just, no. Natalie, I'm so thankful. <laughs> you told me like that you're okay. Because um, I was like, okay, Ben's going to have to watch the kids. I'm going to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'll do there because I can't see her, but I'll be I'll be in the state. <laughs> well, that makes me so happy. But yeah, no, I'm I'm for the most part I'm good. Oh, thank Just you. have like Thankfully. flashes of weird. It's I don't have the horrible symptoms like the hospitalizing stuff. Yeah, it's the weird other stuff. I it's... love all the weird fever dreams you had though. That was pretty. <laughs> Oh, yes. So many. And that's, yeah, I really do get crazy fever dreams. They're so horrible. I hate them. Yeah, they're cruel to you. They feel so realistic. Yeah. (laughs) So. All right, Sarah, what's your hello? Oh, mine is so fun. I say that every time, but it's because it is. Um, So (laughs) this month is Women's History Month. And it's been so fun to like, oh, okay, I'm just going to celebrate these random holidays and things. Like there was a a happy National Pizza Day. And I was like, all right, I guess I can write about that. No, I don't know. Like, anyway, have a platform for this. So because it's Women's (laughs) History Month, I looked up all the bad A amazing moms from history. That's my hello. And I found some awesome moms. Like, oh, my gosh. Talking, talk about sacrifice, but also just like brave and strong and like, don't mess with me. Just wait. Mm. These are so good. Okay. So the first <laughs> one, mom I want to discuss was Mina uh, Wilson. She, and then this article, it's from mentalfloss.com. It says she's the mom in your quarter. So in 1989, um, boxer Tony Wilson fought um, Steph, Stephen uh, McCarthy and the fight wasn't going well. <laughs> So, unable to watch, Tony Wilson's mother, Mina, jumped into the ring and bashed um, McCarthy, her son's opponent, with her high heel shoe. <laughs> the resulting head wound was so bad that McCarthy quit the fight. Then uh, when, a rema- <laughs> when a rematch was scheduled, um, Mina, the mom of Wilson, promised not to attend. And said, she'll, I will never oh go back goodness. to one of my son's fights. And then, but there was no need because she must have instilled fear into McCarthy because he withdrew from the rematch. That's incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? Oh my gosh. These moms. Oh, there's, it's so amazing. These stories. Okay. My, the next one, her name was Angela Cavallo. Um, and the article says she's super mom. Um, in, in 1982, Georgia teen Tony Cavallo was working on his car in the driveway when the jack collapsed, pinning him under the car. And that's when his mom, Angela, did the superhuman. The 50-something woman lifted the 3,500-pound vehicle four inches and held it for about five minutes as two neighbors dragged her son to safety. I just got the chills. Oh, uh, isn't that like the prime example of um the adrenaline ru- like, yes yeah adrenaline isn't that like the prime adrenaline it is the prime and it's real it happens that's amazing it is um so scientists like i don't think they've ever been it says been able to recreate such an adrenaline fueled feats in the lab like it, it just can only happen it seems so far in this type of situation <laughs> then the article article gets pretty punny says her hysterical strength well that's i don't like that article um yeah let's not use the word hysterical for women yeah please can we get rid of that especially when she just did this something amazing um it does seem to prove that a mother's love knows no weight limits (laughs) okay (laughs) and then the next one is her name was mary thomas or the den mother in 1966 Mary Thomas, a single mother of nine children who lived in Chicago's West Side, found 25 street gang members on her stoop. 
the men were members of the notorious Vice Lords gang and had come to recruit her seven sons. Thomas quietly excused herself, then reappeared with a shotgun and a message. There's only one gang around here, and that's the Thomas gang. Thomas made sure (laughs) that each of her kids graduated from high school. And you probably know her youngest basketball Hall of Famer, Isaiah Thomas. Isn't that cool? Oh, wow. I love that's amazing. On the next one. Okay, this. (laughs) I love those stories so much. So this mom's name was is Lydia Angel. Angie Lou, Angie you, and the it says she's the real mama bear. Okay, in 2006, Lydia was outside with her two sons in northern Quebec when she saw a polar bear poised to attack her seven-year-old. Lydia struck first, <laughs> kicking and punching the 700-pound bear before it could get near oh. her son. A strange wrestling match ensued until a neighbor finally shot the bear. Lydia was rushed to the hospital, but miraculously survived with just a few scratches and a black eye. Locals were stunned. This next mom is um, Mother Jones, which I know is like a news site or something, so uh, must be taken after her. So, okay, she was um, lived in like the mid 1800s. And after her husband and four children all died of yellow fever in 1867, and then her dress shop was destroyed in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Okay, so I first of all, just totally unfathomable loss. Um, then she yeah. became the organizer um, for the Knights of the Labor and the United Mine Workers Union. Um, she was called the in 1902. She was called the most dangerous woman in America. Because of her success in organizing mine workers and their families against the mine owners in 1903 to protest the lax enforcement of child labor laws in Pennsylvania mines and silk mills, she organized a children's march from Philadelphia to the home of President Theodore Roosevelt in New York. That's pretty amazing. And I think it was successful. Like she really like um, changed a lot of uh, worker rights um, by law. So, wow. Just like, wow, changing the world, moms. All right, this one I like too. This <laughs> one's more recent. It was like 2012. So, this is an, an anonymous mom that they call Ashley. Um, and this is from mommy dear, mommynearest.com. So, she, Ashley was denied extra time to pump during the LSAT and was told she would either have to take the test without additional time to pump, wean her baby in the time for the test date. What? Right? Or take the test when she was no longer breastfeeding. It's ridiculous. She pumped on the bathroom floor in the 15-minute break. Been there, done that. Ashley wasn't happy. She fought for breastfeeding moms everywhere. And as to, of 2012, breastfeeding mothers are allowed extra time to pump while taking the LSAT. That's incredible. Absolutely. Good for you. Okay. And then... Seriously. This one everyone knows, but I didn't realize how little I knew about her story. Sacagawea. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. I had no idea. I wondered if you were going to talk about that. Right? So, okay. First of all, I just didn't know. I don't know. I feel like, oh, she was her guide, their guide. Like, that's cool. Like a woman doing that on her own. No, she did it with a newborn baby. She traveled 8,000 miles from St. Louis, Missouri, all the way to the Pacific Ocean and back. And they started the journey two months after she had a child. I thought she had the baby on the journey because I always, the story I always heard was that she was pregnant and then one morning she just like kind of went away wow. and had the baby and then came back and they kept going. Well, no, it, I could be totally one was, wrong. She was in the ones I found, it, like Lewis okay. or one of the guys assisted in the birth, but it wasn't, it wasn't on their journey. I don't think that's oh, my okay. understanding. Okay, I could okay. be totally wrong, but um, fact check us. Like it's a lore. It's it's true, but at the same time, like it's, like, sto- it's a story that's been passed down. And yeah, so anyways, you hear keep, from other keep going. Keep- yeah, okay. So a little bit about her that I didn't know. Um, so she was kidnapped in 1800 by the Hidatsa tribe, enemies of the Shoshone Native Americans, um, during a buffalo hunt when she was only 12 years old, and then she was taken to the Hidatsa Mandan Indian settlement in what is now North Dakota, and then in 1804. French trader Toussaint Charbonneau bought or he was given Sacagawea as payment for a gambling debt and she became his slave. 
But they no. call her his wife. That's not, I'm sorry. If you don't oh, go willingly no. into a marriage, if you are bought or given, you are oh, a slave. No. Right? Oh, Why don't we hear about heartbreaking. that? It is heartbreaking. Yeah. And it makes me so angry that that's not part of her story that I feel like is known or taught. Um, yeah. So she became his quote wife i'm gonna say like and like yeah wife okay mm-hmm. um and they soon had a son two months and then this goes in the store two months before the expedition was to depart according to this article lewis and clark found themselves with another co-traveler um when sacagawea went into labor lewis was called on to assist in the delivery um he was anxious to ensure that his new Shoshani interpreter, a.k.a. Sacagawea, was in good shape for the arduous journey to come. Um, and he later worriedly reported that her labor was tedious and the pain violent and told that a small amount of the rattle of a rattlesnake might speed the delivery. So he broke up a rattler tail yeah, and mixed it with water. And then shortly after she brought forth, Lewis reported. Wow. Okay. To, and then so Sacagawea traveled with them and her newborn baby 8,000 miles um, from St. Louis, Missouri to the Pacific Ocean and back. Wow. You're not even healed after two months. That's not even a full maternity no. leave. That is, I mean, You're... not that she'd expect it, but then she traveled 8,000 miles by foot with a baby on her back. Think how tired she must have been. <laughs> I, got, I know. I She's probably up all night with the baby nursing. Yeah. And the only possible way to feed her child, probably, go, when you're traveling like that. But at the that same time, was it also just an escape from her husband, you know, like, who oh, she's actually yeah. just a slave <laughs> to? Like, what on earth, man? So have you heard this? Um, one of my favorite podcasts, they did an episode about this mom. Um, her name was Miriam Rodriguez, and she her daughter was killed by the cartel in Mexico. So she single-handedly hunted them down and killed like 10 of the cartel members that were part of her daughter's murder. Wow. And it turned into this incredible movement where she worked with a whole bunch of other families who had also lost family members to the cartel. And um, she ended up being assassinated by them. But um, she was one of those moms. Her story is amazing. Her name is is Miriam Rodriguez. We'll have to um, look her up and um, talk about her next episode. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, yes, if we need to, we will sacrifice. But when we don't, you know what? We could do some self-care. But if we have to, we can lift a car. We can beat up a polar bear. (laughs) We can... Travel 8,000 miles across the country with a newborn on her back. We're amazing. Go moms. I don't don't know if I could do that. but Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not. It's not necessary. (laughs) My hello is I want to talk about the parent diet. And I don't mean diet like trying to lose weight. I mean diet as in the things that you eat when you're a parent. Yes. So part of my adventure this week was I also got diagnosed with high blood pressure, like super high, dangerously high blood pressure. And so Nick, we, after we figured it out, he started, we started looking up things that we can do that's not medicine. I am currently on medication, but I don't want to be on medication for the rest of my Mm -hmm, life. So we're trying to look up things that we need to do. And of course, a lot of it is habit like lifestyle changes. So exercising more, which we do get outside a lot, but not this time of year. Um, But the other one is eating healthier. And then he started, he looked up a list of foods that are bad for your blood pressure. And it's all of the things that I eat every single day. Things like, (laughs) he laughed really hard when he found this one, (laughs) Um, like canned, processed pastas like spaghettios and <laughs> <laughs> chef boyardee all of the processed food sugar i mean seriously it's everything that i all eat all the delicious and stuff <laughs> yes but it made me like just really start thinking about how i have the diet of a child right now because my children just they they create the food schedule in my house. You know, Mm -hmm. all of my snacks are 
kind of based off of what they would eat. And there is healthy stuff in there. They love apples and pears and raisins. Raisins are still healthy, right? <laughs> we I, I think so. Healthy. They're just dried grapes. I mean, you can't you can't mess them up too bad, right? They yeah. might add sugar. That would be a bad problem. But. <laughs> That's true. Um, but they love grapes and bananas and all of that. So they do like healthy snacks, but they we also do a lot of goldfish and crackers and fruit snacks. And mm-hmm. for lunch, we cheese. eat hot dogs. Yeah. Yes. Che- yeah, cheese of every different variety is basically most of our diet right there. Mac and cheese, SpaghettiOs, hot dogs, fish sticks, chicken sticks. I mean, all of the food that I eat almost every day is mostly processed Mm -hmm. mostly made out of sugar or um like the not healthy wheat you know like not the whole wheat it's all but if you think about it too those are all the convenient foods because parenting is so hectic and hard so you make a meal for four kids what is there left to eat you can't just i mean yeah yeah, you can make a sandwich but that's still cheese and meat that has a lot of sodium exactly Um, you know a salad takes work cutting up vegetables i mean you'd have to spend like a sunday prepping and who has i mean if you have the time though you're amazing total props but it's just not i know well and not only is it the easiest but it's also usually the least expensive option too when i'm feeding this many people which makes you kind of mad isn't it like like it healthy produce is so expensive, yeah. So we're trying to create, or I'm trying to create some kind of plan that can help me. And it's not that I my kids don't want to eat healthy. They're not necessarily picky eaters. This is just kind of how we eat in our house. And so, um, yeah. So we're going to try lots of like blueberry smoothies for breakfast with, because yeah. um, you can hide anything in a smoothie. Time to get <laughs> a blender. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We have one of those like um, rocket thing or it's just the one it makes one serving basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been joking that this is the week because I can't taste anything right now. We were <laughs> like, we'll just do smoothie, literally just spinach and ice because <laughs> I can't tell right? the difference between that yeah. and anything else. Live <laughs> it so, up. <laughs> but I love this. <laughs> But I love a smoothie for breakfast because we can hide all that healthy stuff in there and it can still taste like mm-hmm. blueberries, you know. Yeah, it so, does. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, so now we're on this. Um, we're just trying to get me healthy in that way as well. Lots of ways that my body is failing me this week, just one after the other. It's great over here. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we just... We eat, and Nick and I's taste is really similar to, like, at night. We eat pasta all of the time. Pasta is my favorite meal to make. It fills you up. It's tasty. It's easy. Yes. I can make one giant pot, and we'll still have leftovers. I don't have to do a ton of different little small Mm -hmm. dishes. We love pasta. We love cheese. Mm -hmm. We love all of the unhealthy food. And so we've, so now we're on this mission to, um, just make sure, because I also don't want our kids to not understand what a healthy lunch looks like. You know, we do, I mean, I say this, but we're usually pretty good that, you know, it, if they get hot dogs, they also get pears or yeah. apples or string cheese or, you know, so There's it's a not bu- yeah, we junk, I try to do but... it in moderation. And I mean, I used to be a lot more strict before I like <laughs> gave myself a lot of grace, you know, <laughs> which I needed to do <laughs> yeah. and I'm happier for it. But so I was really strict with Evie's diet for a while. Like, well, I, was, I just figured when she was young, it's like, oh, well, may as well feed her all the healthy stuff she won't eat when she gets older. Yeah. <laughs> but now she likes, exactly. you know, but now it's a good blend, you know. We're just, now we're, we're, we're just on that journey right now. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's been lots of fun. But yeah, that parent diet, let me tell you, it's real. I know. <laughs> it's just like eating like your college kids all of the time. Yeah. You know, pizza rolls. We have rolls, ramen in Nick. the pantry. Yeah. I was like, I haven't oh, seen yeah. that in my pantry in years. Yeah. Henry loves ramen. Uh-huh. And so we always have ramen in the mm-hmm. house. Yeah. But it's a for him, it's like a, it feels like a very Asian thing. He That's why he likes it. That's why we Aww. get it for him. But that's sweet. Um, yeah. He... Like when we pack lunches, he usually gets, I cook ramen. It also takes three minutes, so it's really easy in the morning to yeah. cook it and throw it into his little thermos. But That wrap, that wraps us up today. Everyone uh, give Natalie all the prayers and good vibes you can. And yeah, stay safe out there, please. Yeah, the COVID episode. <laughs> That's what, there's, there's our yeah, title. Exactly. <laughs> episode COVID. <laughs> 
Um, so as we wrap up today's episode, we want to hear from you. Email us at lumpymotherpodcast.com and tell us, did both of you and your partner get COVID and how did you survive? And what, what do we need to prepare mm-hmm. for if this happens? <laughs> that took yeah, a dark seriously. Though. Um, <laughs> also, like, what other really amazing moms have you heard about that have done some incredible things? I love those kind of stories. Um, we'd love love to hear from you or even like corrections like if there's like a fact check or something that really blares out at you let us know um i like feedback as long as it's you know done in a kind way just don't don't like call me names but like like if there's something or (laughs) something you disagree with i want to hear i want to know um or um if you want you can just fill us in with a yes or no from your week And maybe we'll read them during the next episode. Perfect. So if you like what you heard today, there are a few really important things that you can do to help others find us. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast, and then you can rate and review us. And please, please, please share us with someone else who you think might enjoy our show. Yes, please. (laughs) And don't forget to follow us. Um, We have an Instagram and a Facebook you can find us at Lumpy Mother Podcast. And on Twitter, you can find us at Lumpy Mother Pod One. And make sure to join us next week to see what motherhood has in store for our lives and yours. We'll see you healthier in a week. <laughs> Bye.